Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Sometimes the right time for having a good time for chasing your troubles away. So come on, get up, get out, and get at it. We're going to white water today. You just can't help having a good time. You just can't help feeling the sunshine. You just can't help loving white water. You're going to have a real Now, $2 off with specially marked cans of Coke and Sunkissed. Open daily Saturday. That video that I did for White Snake, I, we just had two Jaguars lined up, so I just started rolling around on the cars and doing the splits and jumping from one car to the next. Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Get ready for the zombies. My kids are obsessed with zombies. Your kids are ex- obsessed with zombies. It's always zombie apocalypse. This what this house would be. That you know. I thought that it wore off. Is it not? No, I think it's still big. And the kids are like, that house would be perfect for a zombie apocalypse. What about this? What about that? To the point, my middle one got upset the other day because the older one said you wouldn't survive the ap- zombie apocalypse. Oh, no. but then we went shooting, and they've been. They don't like the heavy guns, and mm-hmm. I haven't been. I'm not going to say that they were forced on me, but me and my brother shot everything right. at a young age. And it didn't matter if it kicked or not or whatever. We shot it. Well, they've been shooting twenty twos or something. And my brother brought out a forty five long Colt and gave it to the middle one. Son of a bitch. Bang, 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 bang. You know, he's hitting. We're mm-hmm. shooting steel. And he loved it. Had the biggest shit-eating, you know, smile yeah. on his face. And I'm like, you'd survive the zombie apocalypse. And you thought I would have crowned him king, right. you know. right. I'm like, you're, and my brother's like, yeah, if your brother talks shit, you can say, look, I shot better than you, you know. There you go. So, so that's good. That was a good thing. I, they still don't like shotguns. Ah, uh, the old shotgun. But, you know. It's too hot now, but we need to get together and shoot. Yeah, we do. We need to shoot some skeet. Yeah. It wasn't too bad the other night, but the, that was on the fourth, and the fourth wasn't real bad. Yeah. And we waited. Yeah, we do need to wait till the end. Do need to do that. Ty got a new pistol. Oh, you do? What'd you get? Regress R9. He's too busy texting somebody right now. Well, I got, I've had it for a little while, but my boss gave it to me. He's a big handgun guy. And, oh, yeah. And he's all, he's always generous with stuff. And he was like, Your boss ever give you guns? No, nope, never has. Mine either. Yeah. Well, yeah, he gave it to me. Well, that's probably a couple years ago. It's a nice gun, though. I mean, yeah. It's a what? What is it? It's an SR9 Ruger. I'm not familiar with that. What is that? It's just a nine millimeter. It's a nine. Yeah. Okay. Poly, fa- poly frame. Yeah. yeah. It's real comfortable in your hand and everything. Yeah. Man. It's nice. Look good in your thigh holster. Yeah. It feels good when I pull it out and <laughs> wave it around. Right. Brandish it. Squeeze one off. Still got a few in the clip. All right. Gun humpers. Yeah. You ever heard that? Uh, seen that 
thrown back at gun owners on online debates about the Second Amendment? No, I don't get into those threads. Uh, they'll, I, I don't participate by any means, but I will like poke my head in and see people calling them gum, gun humpers. Gun humpers. And I just imagine that, you know, there's that meme of a guy, he's like shirtless, he's kind of, he's got a dad bod, and there's a storm coming, he's got like yes. a, a gun in one hand and the American flag yes. in the yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what I always imagine. That's what that guy looks like. And I'd like to know that guy. You know, that I could be friends with that guy, I think. Yeah. And that guy's name? The one and only. Heavy Longmire. That's him, guys. Ah. He's from the meme. Gotcha. Gotcha. Famous on many levels. Famous on many levels. Favorite on many levels. Favorite. Totally done. What we got? Well, this is Can You Hear Me, the podcast that once again is three people. Hey, Three guys there. talking about stuff. Out of hibernation. Out of hibernation. Let loose from the ward. Bonded out. I had to talk about bell bondsmen to my son today. Because yeah. he was asking lots of bounty hunter questions if they were badass. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I've not, never met one that was. Uh, no, they're not. I mean, I'm sure there's like some. Like any right. job, there's somebody that's badass at their job. But the ones that I know, no, not really. They're pretty they much just like the dude in Jackie Brown. They wouldn't stand yeah. a chance against a good repo man. Well, that's a job. I, I mean, I wouldn't those are some one, either of those jobs, but a repo Those man, guys just don't give a shit. That's yeah, right. that's, you got to just have a an ice cold heart and just like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. I knew one from back in the day because I had a family member that had a car lot and had a repo man, mm. and he was everything you'd expect. Yeah. I mean, grizzly. Yeah. yeah. I can't wa- I mean, I don't watch reality TV generally, but I, I have seen those shows. I can't watch that. No. I just, I, I wouldn't want to live that. And no. I don't know. There's a lot of jobs I wouldn't want. And those dudes always seem, the one, the repo guys I've met. They all smoke. Kind of seems like the same type of person that goes into prison guard work. Yeah, they ain't up for a whole lot of bullshit. Right, and they kind of have a inflated sense of self and ego. So their id's very strong is what you're telling us? And, uh, you know. You got to have some moxie to do that job. Don't really give a shit about what other people think or say, you know. If you're taking a job to where you know every day you might get shot at. Yeah. It's... You got yourself some moxie. Yeah. I wonder what a repo man makes. Depends on how much you repo. Is it a you get bit a, by a bit? I'm sure it's a percentage of what you get back to the bank or whoever you're the deep car yeah, dealer you're repoing. It's not with. a big money maker job for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's a percentage. I bet we've got some listenership that might have some repo man stories. I bet or we have at least seen the movie Repo Man. Was that uh Emilio Emilio Estevez, yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I want to say there's a, they made a musical out of it later on, too. Really? That seems that like something seems that odd. I've seen online. Huh. I did some research online. Excellent. You you have to. Uh, anyway, I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I am Ty Webb. And I am Heavy Longmire. Are there any other Heavy Longmires out there? There's evidently one. So you're not the one and only Heavy Longmire? Oh, good point. Good point. Could just be Brad trolling you that got that Twitter handle. Brad will damn troll. Sure, damn sure could be. But he didn't know us then. That's true. But maybe Brad's from the future or the past or however that would work. And he went back in time and got that Twitter handle. I mean, there could have, there can never have been a time traveler unless they're just keeping it quiet, right? We don't know that. 
that makes my head hurt to think about it. I I tweeted out a while back. I spotted another time traveler version of me. Yeah, Did you I saw see that? that. I saw that. That was on the American Anarchist documentary on Netflix. Oh, that was. Is that good? Uh, I saw that pop up the other night. The first couple of minutes are really good. <laughs> okay. But it's basically, and this is my editorial standpoint. <laughs> they went to France to find this guy. He was nice enough to talk to him. Were they watching TV on a sweater? You can't watch TV on a sweater. That's what I've been told. They, he was. He's basically did something stupid and wrote this book when he's 19. Mm-hmm. And then spent the next 40-something years teaching kids with uh, learning disorders around the world and, you know, led this stellar life. And they go over to France where he's lived for like the last 20 years or something and basically just want him to apologize. Really? Oh, baby, I can't kiss you. Maybe the direct current drove him crazy. Maybe. And... I, before you jump on me for the direct current thing, I have already <laughs> recorded a correction, and I and it will be on an episode that will have already aired by the time this okay. one does. Okay, that just that shocked me because I was wrong. I got it wrong. <laughs> a nice pun, Professor Brad was right, but I have already put that in there. Time traveling. I score spot, one for the Brad. Score so many for Brad. I spot. I just love how. And we've brought this up before. And I've, hey, if you're going to be wrong, be I've, certain. I've about mentioned it. it even with the Subaru constellation, even in wrongness. How, by God, convicted. Look, if this. You, if you can't go through life with conviction, what the fuck well, are you even doing? You know, you got to stand for something, or don't, you'll fall for anything. That's what Aaron Tippin said. Well, and don't let accuracy get in the way of conviction. Right. No. Or facts. No. Yeah. We create our own narrative. Right. That's right. You are correct in that Europe uses DC. Yes, I was right about yes. that. I was just had it backwards over yes. Tesla versus Edison, and Brad was correct. And out of all four of us, including Brad, Brad is the most likely to be able to well actually me. About uh, direct current? About history. Uh, about history, about yes. History. yes. Yes. That's his thing. You just get lucky yeah. every once in a while on other stuff. But, yeah. I'll take luck where where it comes, you know. Is this where we gambler's hand? Is this where we insert Tesla love song, or is that at the end of the episode? Yeah, man, I don't like Tesla. I I didn't so much close slow dance into that song. Well, that that's in the day. Mm -hmm. There were lots of bands that had songs like that. That that's what they were for. But when's the last time you listened and said, "Man, I got to break out this Tesla CD"? No, not since like been at least a month. Yeah, long time. I think we could make a laundry list of bands that would fall into that. White Lion. Great Crocus. White. Great Cinderella. White. Cinderella. Slaughter. Skid Row. Skid Row. Did you see my Skid Row? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you had that uh, chain, just like Skid Row had, with the that it went from your ear to your nipple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't last long. It Every time I'd turn around, it'd yeah, it jank on my nipple. Yeah. It didn't go over that well in the you 903. Know, the, the music of the late 80s, I'm saying pre... Well, I, Guns N' Roses is like the only thing from that time frame that's held up. Yeah. That late 80s. Some of it I will listen... Well, not that we like it, but Bon Jovi's held up. I mean, we don't like it, but there's they've made quite a career. Oh, I mean, they made a career of it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, nobody... There's lots of 
forty year old women still go see them. Yeah, I mean, which I don't know why we're not going too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're really not smart other than right. the fact that we'd get in trouble. But we've yeah. got a great off air story about a Bon Jovi concert when we were in high school too. I can share with y'all. Well, I'd like to hear that. I, yeah. I, I shared yeah. that one story that with you the off air. It was a post apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Yes. Did y'all read the article? That Valley Butcher posted this week that he he about Bon Jovi copied me on. This it. is a big left turn. He just yanked the yeah the wheel yanking. Yeah. The, well, we we're talking about stuff getting posted and whatever. Did y'all see that article from the New Yorker? I clicked on it and I read about this much and I said, "Fuck it, I'm out." What was it about? Basically, it's the political history of Texas, and it is a long read. Man, I did not see that. It is well, everything in the New Yorker is. Long sorry, read. sorry, Dale, I, I punched out. It's it's good. Well, it's I'm gonna a read it. Really good article, and just I mean, just some of the characters that we've elected in our state's history, boy. And I mean, even up till now, and it's like, what the shit, man? I mean, but yeah, there's been there's definitely been some characters and i had which was too young to know this and my dad always laughs about it the state rep that represented our nook of the 903 back in the 80s as state rep he got sent to the pen for cattle wrestling and and stealing (laughs) tractors (laughs) that seems vaguely familiar yeah shot a man just for snoring Uh, that does lord well the, the state rep the bar for state rep is no, yeah, it's it's almost you just have to want to and know yeah. a couple of people. Yeah, you know. Well, that's why you get some of these crazy ass characters that have been in it over the years, and it's it's a great read. And, like and I said, I, it's long. I, I'll give it another try, but it, it was very verbose, and I was like, uh, I don't have time. I got other things to do. I would point out that you and I—I don't know about Ty, but I know that you and I have at least tried to add to the insanity of Texas politics. By voting for Quanta Parker every time we yep. ever see his name. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Purely on his name alone. Yeah. What is it he's always running for? Supreme Texas Supreme Court or something? Yeah, something like that. Some judge yeah. judicial yep. piece. I've placed a vote for Kinky Friedman before. Yeah. I, I think, think I, I voted, voted for Kinky. I think I voted for Kinky, too. Why the hell not? Yep. Yeah, that was pretty much... Great bumper sticker. And, you know, my la- you know I've been... I've been voting libertarian for every state thing too for yeah. the last few years, basically for why the hell not? I mean, yeah. it's, it is what I believe, but and I don't think we're at a stage yet that national libertarian candidates can do anything. But I always vote libertarian every chance I get, even though I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah, that's the problem with state state oh, elections. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I go in there and I vote almost every time, and. I do not know most of the people. Obviously, I know my state representative, who he is and how he votes. But once you get into railroad commissioner, right? Yeah, you know, all that. I'm like, I don't know. Deputy comptroller or any of the, you know. And now it's just such a, especially here. We had a heated city council election here recently, and I didn't know anybody that was running. I'm just looking at the signs one day as I'm sitting at a red light and looking at all these campaign signs and. There's just, he's running for city council. Yeah. And it's got his picture on there, American flag. <laughs> Eagle. Has his name and says, you know, your conservative candidate for city council to defend property, liberty, and freedom. 
I'm like, it's fucking city council. <laughs> I mean, come on. Where, where are we going with this? He had to go against the conservatives. You notice that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all that runs here. I mean, it was a runoff. It was just them running against each other. Yeah. That is, that does happen in, in Texas a fair amount. Yeah. Man, I'd love to read, and I don't even know if there is one, but I'd love to read a biography on Bob Bullock. Oh. He was an interesting cat, man. As long as he was in power. Yeah. That was a, there was a great article in him. About him in Texas Monthly, yeah, years ago. I remember that. That talked about when he became comptroller and the state was just broke. Yeah, and he was trying to figure out how to. This was in the seventies. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out where to drum up some money. <laughs> he realized all these liquor stores hadn't been paying alcohol taxes down in Central Texas, yep. so he set up raids with the TABC and was just shutting liquor stores down till they. You know, you got to pay your taxes, man. Yeah. They finally got some money in the coffers and. That kind of stuff. But yeah, he, he was a character. Well, hell, he was in government, had to be 25 years or oh, so. Oh, yeah. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah. A long time. This article in the New Yorker talks about him quite a bit. I got to check that out. It took me like three times to get through it all. It's, those are it's long. long. Uh, any of those New Yorker articles are long. I need Usually to, good. Though. I need to pull yeah. it up on the PC and not on my phone. Yeah. I think that was part of the... Yeah. I can't read a lot of stuff on the the phone because I'm old. Phones are hard. Yeah, they're real hard. Yeah, the flip phone doesn't do very well. Yeah. With it. Well, I got a story for y'all. Okay, he's got a story. Are you jerking the wheel back? I'm jerking it, and I'm prefacing this with the statement which I think I've proclaimed on here before: of I hate water parks. Mm. I've never liked them. I didn't like them as a kid. I damn sure don't like them as an adult. They just seem like giant cesspools to me. And I don't get a lot of kicks out of the slides and all that. You know, it's it's definitely something you just do for the kids' sake now. But my theory was proven correct. As recently, I took the youngins to a water park, a nice water park. and Here in the Metroplex? Yeah. Hawaiian yeah. Falls? No. And, uh, One of these private... Parks. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, they had to do a retinal scan to get in. There were there were no cutoffs at this water park. DNA analysis was right. had to be done prior. You had to you pure had to, bloodlines. Well, they were let <laughs> they were letting people in based on W twos. Oh, and man, the whole time I'm in there, like always happens every time I go to a water park, especially when you're in the lazy river. Mm. All you can think about is how many people are pissing at this moment right now. And yeah. how soon a Band-Aid is going to touch you. That's right. And sure as shit. And we went two days straight. And the day that we got back, everybody was sick. Really? Stomach sick. Yeah. And I was like, I hate you sons of bitches. I hate these water parks. I They're, hate them too. You can't put enough chlorine in there Mm-mm. to kill everything that's at the water park. I mean... In the lazy river, and you oh, float through a urine God. slick. I mean, I'm just my face the whole time in it is just you know, <laughs> God, get me, you know, get me out of here. Feel like you're in a Chuck Berry uh, homemade video. Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? No. And I Everybody's did. getting pink eye. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, I dodged the bullet and didn't have to go to Great Wolf Lodge for a couple of days with my family. The missus took our kids and a couple of others. You had projects. Well, I had work. They went during the week, and so I'm like, I got to work. <clears throat> yeah, this project. Damn, old work. Not going to fix itself. Uh, 
I have taken them by myself though. Yeah. And that was not fun. No. And I, I'm like you. I don't, I don't enjoy. I, I'm not going to say I didn't ever enjoy them when I was a kid. I remember the general's friend and the Polynesian and I went to one, I guess, wet and wild one time. And it was just 14 year old hijinks and, you know, it was great. We had a good time. That was the last time I've had a good time at a water park. Cause when you, when you have little, little ones, you're worried they're going to drown. Right. And then by the time that they're old enough to kind of do on their own, then you're just beaten down at that point. Uh, Cause then you don't have anything to focus on anymore. Yeah. You're just, and you know, look at chicks. Time is just slowly creeping by. Look at chicks, huh? You can look at chicks, I guess. Well, this water park had cabanas and it had a menu that would blow your mind. Like a cheeseburger was like $18. Yeah. I, I have not. I mean, Great Wolf certainly isn't inexpensive. No, they just it's, it's fuck expensive. you over on everything. I just take my kids. We get the inner tubes. We get into the Trinity River. And That's a lie. Float around. Absolute bald-faced lie. <laughs> you just get the water hose out and be like, but 903 being, water being park. The ones, uh, I still live in the 903. Line up the trash bags for the slip and slide. Right. If I go to, if I go to town and go to the pool there, I do see the 903. Oh. In full effect. Yeah. And your look at chicks. No. Only applies if you like tattoos. Okay. Yeah. Now, there'll be a, there'll be a couple that, and usually I may know somebody they there. They allow cutoffs there, probably, don't they? I, I don't know if they, I think they may have actually cr- cracked down on the cutoffs, but. Bikinis and C-section scars. Hey, unlike you, I have no problem with the C-section car or a scar or the big girl in the bikini. I'm a, welcome that. All right. You can't I'm tone not, it, tan it, baby. I'm not saying I got a problem with it. I'm just saying you're going to see a lot of it. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't, I, ladies, I embrace your C-section scar. Oh. I'm putting my hands yeah. out. I'm hugging. You got ulterior motive why you like those C-sections. <laughs> Don't get on your high horse with me, son. I'm just saying the equipment's all original if that's the case. You're just saying. Anyway, yeah. The checking didn't out chicks. Didn't need any extra stitches. Wow, you had to just really <laughs> well, just, lay it out there, didn't yeah. He turned it up to 11. Right. Man. This goes with... He's been... Since his return... He's starting his episiotomy joke series. He's throwing some grenades out there on Twitter, too. If you, I don't know if you saw some of that. Oh, he really went scorched earth in the DMs. No, no kidding. Just, he's come back from his just making conversation. Voyage on I'm fire. just saying, just making conversation. So anyway, but yes, the 903 pool. First off, I realize how good I look. Oh, Mark, because the uh, the dad, other dads, I'm doing all right. If I compare, you know, gotcha. You flashing thigh? Yeah, I'm in my speedo, my Magnum PI short <laughs> UDT trunks. But, uh, yeah, the ladies, the Titu is a big player at the 903 pool. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. And I'm not a fan of the Titu. No. I don't Doesn't, like it. See, unlike you with your high horse with the C-section, I got no problem with the Titu. I don't want to get distracted. Not a distraction for me. He's enjoying the artwork. No. I, I mean, I, I appreciate good art. Like a gecko. Something like the butterfly. Like a half a Texas flag. Yeah. Hey, speaking of butterfly, I'm going to yank the wheel. Have you ever noticed some people will have the butterfly white vinyl decal on the back of their car window? Usually ladies. No. 
I hadn't seen it in years. I mean, it used to be a bigger player, but I see one every once in a while. Again, maybe it's a 903. I don't know what the hell that butterfly means. You Googled it? Maybe it's no. a shout out to Lita Ford. I saw Lita Ford. I was on a flight with her, and she was in coach, and I was in first. Boom. Because oh. I was hoping she was going to be in first, and I'd have that you know, 116 chance of being next to her, right. and I could whip her ass. But How'd like, she look? She looked pretty damn good. Did she? Yeah. I, I was going to tell her all about how you used to have her cassette yeah. and a pin always, on your letter. There was a great, well, there were her. several great Lita Ford posters, too. She was hot. Mm-hmm. Although, I still don't know why big hair was so big. <sighs> yeah, if you struck a match, you could start a bonfire in our high school. Man. There was actually like an article in the so yearbook about... How much Aquanet was used in spraying hair. There was somebody wearing a rat t-shirt as she sprayed like a ton of hair in the, in the picture of it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that out of the cellar tape cover with Tawny Katayan on the... Was that? Was that? I that thought was that her. was just generic. No, that was her. Because I thought she was White Snake. She was White Snake, but she was the one in that cover. Unless I'm mistaken. I mean, fact check me, people. Yes. I never was She was on fan. the rat cover. Look it up right now. I'm looking it up. If I'm, I'm wrong... Heavy elite shit. I never was a rat fan. Mark. I had no problem with Out of the Cellar, but then it, it went off the rails pretty quick. But I... You were probably the Twisted Sister, too, aren't you? They weren't bad. I went as Twisted Sister one year during Halloween. I remember that. Was that... Uh, it was last year. You know, he and the investment banker, mm-hmm. they were big Motley Crue fans. Oh, yeah. They were like... I was li- in fact at the time being Shouting so at the devil. Southern Baptist as I was, I was a little concerned for their souls in like fifth grade. Thought they, they might were, be devil worshippers. I thought they might be devil worshippers. On my wall in high school was several posters. One of which was Shout at the Devil. One of which was Prince. Mm. And I'll save the rest for later. All right, our good friend is absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes. The model this album cover is Tawny Katane. I don't forget album covers with Tawny Katane on it. Uh, I, I apologize for ever doubting you. How I about just, that white snake cover with the snake on the woman's chest? Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that one. That wasn't Tawny. No, that wasn't. That was before that. But boy, those those videos with Tawny Katane. Tawny, my favorite was Tawny and Bachelor Party. Yes, 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 yes. That ranked right up there. With LeBlanc in uh, Weird Matt? Science. Not Matt LeBlanc. Weird Science is great. That'd Wasn't be that a, her name? Kelly, Kelly Le, LeBlanc? LeBrock. 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 Her in Weird Science and uh, when she comes Tawny out, in Bachelor Party. Were, when she comes out in that legit that cut-off shirt and those blue panties. <laughs> Man. I think can we, we, talked can we about, take a quick break? Sure. And we're back. <laughs> You know, I think we uh, talked about how uh, the general, in at least in uh, Sixteen Candles, always reminded me of Anthony Michael Hall, mm-hmm. Farmer Ted. Yeah, Farmer Ted. Let's see that great movie. What else we got? Got any emails? We got we got stuff. I'm just sitting here thinking about Tony Katane. I'm sorry, right. I zoned out there. Oh, one thing I was going to mention before we get to emails, and this may be a whole nother discussion because I wanted to see, I wanted to get y'all to listen to it first before we talked about it. But excuse me. Um, I listened to the fairly latest Radio Lab 
where they did. Have you ever listened to that podcast? It's really good. Yeah, some. Yeah, some. But they, uh, they did the one where they revisited the story about Kevin who had the brain injury and then ended up getting busted for child porn. Yes, that's a great one. And they had Robert Sapolsky on who is fantastic. I mean, he's a, he's a neuroendocrinologist, I think, but he's, wow. he's a behaviorist, biologist, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. He's written some fantastic books. He wrote the, the first book of his that I was, that I read or was turned on to is that why zebras don't get ulcers. And it's about the whole biology okay. of worry and that kind of thing. But, um, he was on there talking about this issue, which he's now written a book on. And I think the book is called Behave. I want to read it because his stuff is always good. But this book touches on a fascinating topic of, cause his theory is basically that everything is biology based so that there is no free will. Right. Hmm. And then translating that into how that affects the criminal justice system. Ah. And the whole idea of how and to what degree can you hold people accountable for things that are not a product of free will? And I mean, his, I mean, his theory is to the extreme is that there is no free will, right? And that everything is biology based, and therefore you can't morally, at least, hold someone accountable for decisions because they're not making them of their own volition, kind of right. thing. But I can buy that to a degree. Yeah, and that that's kind of the the argument, you know, is that to what degree do you accept that? But I've right. heard Jake talk about this some, and I want yes, to talk to him IJB, about it. Yes, on IJB, that's been yeah. a... I want to talk to him about it more because, you know, first there's a big hurdle of getting over to what degree do you buy into that at all? But then there's a whole separate hurdle of practically how do you implement, if that is your belief, how do you implement that into the criminal justice system? Well... And like, can you hold people accountable for for non-volitional behavior? And if you do, to what extent do you do that? And what is the goal? Because, you know, usually right. now in the criminal justice system, there's mainly two goals is for the reason that someone gets punished for something or gets a sentence is, number one, for punishment, and number mm-hmm. two, for deterrence, right? right? So there's a consequence to their behavior that's a punishment, a consequence for something that they've done. And then also it's to deter that behavior from happening again in the future. Right. For that person, at least. And right. then more broadly from society at large. But yeah, which I that mean, doesn't work. I think it opens up a huge can of worms for, let's say you accepted that belief. How would you implement that into a criminal justice well, system? I don't think, first off, it would be hard to do that. Second off, I don't believe that our society in general would be even open to that idea. Right. That's the biggest hurdle. Because, I mean, hell, since the 80s in Texas, the Department of Corrections has looked at the number of special educated, the number of elementary students in special education to determine the number of prison beds they're going to need within 15 years. Well, and you have to be... And so they've already made, I mean... 30 years ago, they made the correlation between, okay, these kids that do poorly right. in school are more likely to end up in the criminal justice system. We're going to go ahead and start preparing for that. Has that, has, have those same politicians or just society in general done enough to help deter that from, okay, if you, if you already see that cor- correlation, then let's get involved at an early age to try to help, which we've done some. Right. But then it becomes, you know, when, what is enough? How much, how much money do you pump into something that you're not sure 
what the result is. And, and to me, that's where you get in to our two political beliefs in this country of, you know, one side wants to see, they want to know what the ROI on right. that money is going to be. And politics is always going to use, quote, science as a football. And the other side is more likely to be, well, this is what the studies show, so this is the right thing to do. But they don't have any quantitative explanation for when do you say this has been successful. One, you know, there's no end game on the other side. There's got to be a happy medium in there. One, and unfortunately, as a, as a society, we don't ever find that. We tend to not find that happy medium. And to me, you've got to be really careful. And I'm, I mean... I, you know, always look for like the extremes of something and where it could go. Mm-hmm. You've, with where we're at now, as far as genetic testing and all that kind of thing, which is only going to continue to progress, you've got to be real careful with that nexus of genetic determin- determinism mm-hmm. and something like eugenics. I mean, because right. if you get to the point to where you're convinced that everything is biologically based and genetically predetermined, then you're going to be able to philosophically and morally make the argument for killing babies. Right. Which, I mean, it's a philosophical argument before it's even a practical argument. Right. But you you can take yourself there pretty easy. Right. And, yeah. and it could become not a matter of choice of the individual, but of the state. Exactly. Saying... We don't want any more child molesters. That's right. We're going to have to do this in vitro testing, and if it comes up, then that's right. Yeah, we're right. going to we're going to genetically test for these things as the state, mm-hmm. and then we're going to quote punish or even part as a criminal justice system abort children that we have that we a, see these genetic tendencies. That's right. In. That we we can scientifically base our decision on. The probability of them being a detriment to society right. is enough evidence to suggest that this is the socially or socially and morally responsible. right decision, right. responsible yeah. decision to make. Which bringing up with the genetics being a determining factor, a good good friend of mine Miyagi that mosquito. There you go. Good friend of mine, they have a child that was born with some genetic issues. Not a lot of studies done on it. Didn't know much about it. Science doesn't know much about it. Some of the kids that have it are in really bad shape, nonverbal, autistic. Right. Some of them can't walk. Some of them can. And even with the genetic testing that's available today, the technology that's available, they can look at where this deletion is. And some of these kids have the same deletion. Right. The exact same. same. The exact same deletion on the exact part of the chromosome. And... He said that the last time they had seen the geneticist, their children's hospital, the neurologist and the geneticist, said that the doctor told them after looking at their child who's doing well by all measures, said, you know, scientifically from what he said, she's the first one of these patients I've seen that has this genetic disorder. That's how rare it is. Right. Right. Based on the studies right now and where her deletion is and what's where it's at how big it is she shouldn't be doing any of the things she's doing right he said so let me tell you as a doctor as a neurologist and the geneticist is sitting there and agreeing as well said just because genetically you're predisposed to be a certain way he said that doesn't mean you're going to be right you well know? the problem with- he said 
he said the he said are the chances greater? Yeah, they're a sure. lot greater for you to have these other issues. You're dealing with probabilities in, involved. Well, right. and you're dealing with you're dealing with alleles and multiple expressions. And, right. You know. Well, and then too, what he brought up was the Kate, like these friends of mine. I mean, they were very proactive in the beginning when this child was little of you know getting therapies, getting right. you know all this extra stuff. You know, the doctor was like, you know, did that make a difference? I, he said, I'm not going to tell you it didn't because she's doing way better than what she should be doing as far as speech, as far as, you know. Well, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Texas, and unfortunately, it doesn't get funded well. Early childhood intervention right. for all sorts of things, not yeah. just, you know, things like they fit into that, but autism and sensory disorders and stuff. And early intervention in those cases works works i don't have the studies to show it right i know mine we had some they came out with a speech therapist because the boys didn't talk early on Mm -hmm. as much i mean you know they talked some but not much but there's no doubt that that works and that's it under three right you know you know and and so you look at a child that gets those and you know these are programs through the state eci you know this is state which their funds are very limited and get more limited each year uh, or every two years as their budgets get slashed. But then you look at, at kids that have had that. And then, you know, I've heard teachers tell kindergarten teachers tell me, you know, at the beginning of the school year, they'll get kids in that they know have never had anybody work with them, read to them before. Yeah, right. They don't have any books in their house. They don't yeah. have, there's no children's book. I mean, can you imagine I, I, it's, at the, it, your child? I mean, the three of us, right. By the age of five, going to kindergarten, and they've never had children's books read to them. Right. I mean, it, it seems it's inconceivable. Yeah. But based on our lives and how we grew up ourselves, I, there was a study, and I can't remember what it was, and it may have been on maybe This American Life or maybe a radio lab in the past. I know it was on NPR somewhere, but they were talking about the number of words that are spoken to a child in the formative first mm-hmm. five years. Right. And the lower income households that they were, you know, they audited, I guess they put recorders in, mm-hmm. but the vocabulary that was used with these children and at the children, again, interaction, just simply reading to them, which seems like such a, just an ingrained thing in our lives, the disparity between these poorer households, it would be like, it was shocking. I can't remember what the numbers were, right. but it, they showed, well, this is like a middle class home and, you know, if the parents are college educated, this is how much this is and everything. And it was just, it, it was. The numbers are mind blowing. Exponential. Yeah. And you don't even think about it because like you said, we read to our kids and our parents read to us and everything, but it yeah. just doesn't happen. You well, know, the- and, and two, and that's, that's where it gets aggravating to me. And I mean, I don't have a good answer for it. You know, you'll have people on one end of the spectrum that say, well, it's not society's responsibility to raise somebody's child. It's not, right. you know, my tax dollars shouldn't be going for that. But then at the same time, which I can understand that argument to a degree, but then you look and say, well, but if it's going to make, I mean, the studies are there showing that that's a generational cycle. I mean, whether, you know, poverty, low education, I mean, those are, that's generation after generation after generation. Right. So if you don't break that cycle, and is every child that you try to intervene with, are they going to be successful? No, they're not. And again, that comes back to that return on investment that 
certain folks want to see, a certain mindset wants to see sometimes of, okay, are we getting our money's worth? Right. Which is a valid thing to think of. But when it comes to education and child development, you're not going to receive, you're not going to see your return on investment for 20, 30 years, you know? And especially yeah. if it's a generational, yeah. it turns into a... And so, and to me, that's an interesting, just sociological experiment, I guess, where you can see, I mean, our blue states up north or northeast or west or wherever, I mean, the, the they that, you know, have more progressive public assistance programs and child education programs, are they that have been in place for a long time, are they any different? I don't know. I, I don't you know. think the data... And again, I don't know how successful they are because yeah. there's so many other factors, you know. It's, right. Yeah. Cause there's exactly. been some big nationwide studies on programs like Head Start, mm-hmm. which have not shown a significant improvement right. by those programs. And like some of the things are, and the problem with genetic predeterminism in general is that you're, you're dealing with a small sample size too, because to do those kinds of studies well, you have to have twin studies, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I mean, I'm still a believer in the interaction effect, you know, of environment right. and genetics. Now, I do think, I mean, I am on board with Sapolsky in that, like, I do think the further along that we've gotten and the more that we know going forward that we're going to start to see more and more that genetics are even more of a driver oh, than yeah. we think that they are yeah. now, yeah. that it's going that direction. But yeah, we've Those only, studies are hard to do because... We've only scratched the s- surface on right. genetics. Oh, and the problem with science just in general, and this is where, you know, anytime politics and science gets mixed together, it's always a clusterfuck for a yeah. number of reasons because people use what they want to use. Right. But the problem with science in general, getting back to Gus's point about climate change, is that there's always this huge elephant in the room of that we don't know what we don't know. Right. You know, and that things that... And I understand that we have to operate... Now, mm-hmm. practically and pragmatically on what we do know, we right. can only make policy and that kind of thing based on what we know. Sure. We can't, but we can't, we have to remain fully grasped with that uncertainty too. Right. That we can't nail something down to the floor and say, well, we know this for certain and this is never going to change and we're going to make lasting policy based on something that we, you know, yeah. that we don't know for certain. Yeah. Everything about science is probability based. And we have to keep that in mind. I mean, that, yeah, and, and especially and, with the soft sciences. Right. You know, and what we know today of I'd even say chemistry. I mean, cuz chemistry constantly, you know, in physics and especially physics. Physics, I mean, spe- yeah. I mean, that that's ever changing, you know. I mean, what was the big thing? I think it's about 5, 6 years ago when those physicists and what was with the god particle yeah yeah uh, where were they sweden uh, uh yeah somewhere in europe something like that and i was just i was eat up with that whole conversation you know and the balsam particle yeah yes you know and their lead physicist he was quick to because you had all these other folks saying what this could do and what this could do and the, the lead physicist was the one that to me kind of stayed grounded i read an article or an interview with him and he's basically saying just what you were saying, Ty. He's like, okay, this is what we think we know right right now. He said, but what I think I know now disproves what I thought I knew right. five years ago. Yeah. He said, so as we go further, 
You it know, may change again. He said it may change again, and it's you know, and to me, that's what good science is. Right, is to be able to say, okay, this is this is how this works, and then after studies, after good studies, you know, multiple studies that can be repeated, and you know, trying to you know all this stuff, uh, trying to get a different result, and if you do get a different result, say, okay, well, this isn't exactly how we thought it was. This, you know. And just say, there's nothing wrong with saying you don't know. Yeah, right. you know? Or if saying, you get, I mean, and that's, re- any whatever result you get is valuable. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Whether it proves or disproves absolutely. your theory, you know, then it's, I mean, it's valuable and you, you, you go from there. Yeah. But, and that's what, especially in the, in the sciences with, like, and I think medical doctors, they've got a hard job. They do. But I think they get a little too much. As my dad likes to say, that they, you know, they call it practicing medicine for a reason. There's, I mean, there's some things that are sure, but there's some things that are not, you know, and those things change. I mean, just even with, you know, quack diets, you know, when we were kids, the big thing that you were supposed to look for, you know, supposed to cut out in your diet, it was sugar and salt, you know. Right. Remember the, uh, and then I can remember my uh, grandparents using, you know, some kind of special salt. To put on their hamburgers. Have you ever had that that that, that, that salt substitute? Yeah, it makes your t- tongue tingle. Yeah, and then uh, then after that, it was you know, well, it's cholesterol, and then so then then you get the what was the special eggs that have just the oh yeah, uh, yeah, and then and so it's I mean that science constantly changes. The more we figure out about you know, the more we figure out about science, and there's nothing wrong with that. If y'all it's, haven't seen that documentary, Particle Fever. It's fantastic. It's about the giant particle collider mm-hmm. project okay. to where they, you know, find the Boston particle uh-huh. and it's about the whole process and the, you know, the theoretical physicist with the, you know, those who are the experimental physicist mm-hmm. and the argument between the, you know, multiverse versus single universe theory and the yeah. quantum physics. Physics it's has always just blown my mind. I never that took physics. That machine itself, though, is amazing. How much physics did you have you taken? Have you taken much? Uh, I mean, I, all I've basics. ever taken is is basic physics. I mean, I took a couple of classes in college, but it was all very you know gravity and force right, and right. things like that it wasn't electrical driven and stuff yeah i mean yeah. It, it didn't get into particle i mean yeah it, it touched on it but it wasn't part of never taken space. a physics class in my life never you know had. once you get past physics is a wormhole man yeah, yeah and even with chemistry which i took a fair amount of once you get past the and chemistry is much more quantifiable but even once i got past organic i didn't want to go any further yeah. I, I signed up for Physical chemistry, which is totally mathematic. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought the book, or I was going to buy the book. I had already signed up for the class, and the book was about four inches thick and didn't have a picture in it. Right. I like, fuck it. I'm not a chemistry minor anymore. <laughs> well, to me, <laughs> physics and chemistry were both all about the professor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I that see made that, a but... huge difference. And, in... and for me, I hated chemistry. And because it was freaking algebra. Did you take organic? No. See, if you'd gotten organic, you'd been fine. Because that's how I was. Yeah. I, I struggled because it was mathematic and, yeah. and, and uh, general chemistry. And then I got into organic, which was much more conceptual mm-hmm. and much more practical. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. Now, 
by the end of the or and I didn't have a, a big department, but by the end of Organic Two, there were only two of us. Yeah. And again, I liked the professor. Yeah. But he had us, and this is way before Breaking Bad, obviously. For our final, on the, it only had like one question on it. it was synthesized methamphetamine in under thirteen steps, starting with this, <laughs> you know, this type of molecule. And we sat there and worked. Are you serious? Like, yeah, because he told us stories about how he'd been approached to cook meth back in the late seventies, early eighties. Him and his redneck cousins by the hell's. Well, this is back when it was just the hell's angels. Oh, running crank. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. back when it was just speed. You know, yeah. back before uh, pseudo epinephrine. It was yeah. straight. Right. Anyway, the good stuff. The good stuff. Pure. And he's like, I, I could cook, I could cook this without any smell. You know, he's like, right. Sat there and drew it out and all the stuff. And, you know, I loved organic. Now I've never cooked meth, Mark, <laughs> but it was one of those things like this makes sense finally. And I'm much more spatial, you yeah, know, yeah. oriented than math, but that PCHEM, I thought I'm going to be a chemistry minor. This will be useful someday. And I've done other chemistry classes and stuff, but that was the end of my chemistry quote unquote career because I couldn't handle that yeah. because it got too far off into that. I mean, it was still physical, but it, it I couldn't handle the space. No pictures in the book. Yeah. I need, I need drawings and diagrams. Right. And, yeah. That was the cool thing about organic was that it was kind of like architecture. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you actually got into the lab, it was very practical. I'm like, I need this amount of heat and I need, this catalyst and I need this solvent and I can do all these things. And it was just, it was tinker toys with glassware. It was building. Yeah. Or breaking. And you know, it was, which I'm good at breaking things. Got to get the right amount of aluminum. Boy, aluminum. Go dig a ditch. In the laboratory. (laughs) So great. Well, uh, boy, we really went all (laughs) over the map on this one, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Chemistry talk. Yanking that wheel. You know, we, Go ahead and wake up, everybody. It's is, almost over. This is what it's about. Again, if you'd like to share any thoughts about hot rat covers or um, Tawny Katane or public funding for early childhood um, intervention. intervention or Texas politics, thank you, Dell, for sharing that. Um, if you want a podcast that's going to give you Tawny Katane and quantum mechanics, in the same hour, we're your guys. So tell your friends. We're here for you. Email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com and talk to us on Twitter. We love to hear from you, and I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Is that really time's up on that one? That was fast. That was really fast. 55 minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down and I say, Hey, how you doing? You did an excellent job. Thank you. Hello? Showering is real fun, isn't it? If we're going to have any kind of fun together, you guys had better loosen up. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas.